0: The Drive Home with Kenton Dick on Mix 96. Hi, I'm Kenton Dick, and I'm joined by the one and the only Scott Hellman right here on Mix 96. Now, Scott, we play a lot of your music, but I want to know a little bit more about you. Where did you get started?
1: Oh, my God. I'm a young Jewish man who was born in North York, Toronto. I attended Earl Haig Secondary School, where I was actually a visual arts major, even though I'm not a very good painter. (laughs) And then when I was 15 years old, a really cool man named Ron Mappata of Warner Music Canada said, hey, you're super weird, and I like your glasses. Do you want to make records? And I was like, all I've ever wanted to do is make records. So Warner Music Canada gave me a development deal, where for about three years, I was just in the studio making music, and then I released uh, this EP called Augusta, which had a song called Bungalow on it, which was really big at Canadian Radio, and all over the things, and then I began my career in music, which I'm still um, luckily doing, and so, that is me, In like a, if you were to write a blurb, I suppose.
0: Okay, cool. So what I'm getting from this is I really need better glasses if I'm going to get a deal like that, hey?
1: <laughs> you don't <laughs> want the glasses I was wearing, I was wearing like... <laughs> like <laughs> they were like these thick rims. I don't know what it was, but I really wanted, like, you know, Ray-Ban Ray-Racers. yeah, I wanted, like, those, but I wanted them for seeing glasses. So I had these, like, big, thick Elvis Hutzel glasses, but they didn't look good because I was like this, like, I don't know. It wasn't good. Don't, <laughs> don't do it. Fair but enough. I don't know what your face is like, but by the sound of your voice, it seems like you have a really great face. So I feel like you could pull off whatever glasses you want.
0: Well, thank you. I'm glad my voice speaks beauty. Beauty. With uh, 15 years old,
1: though, that's, that's
0: pretty young to be getting into it at that level, hey?
1: It was very young. I got signed by a label that wasn't trying to, like, you know, create some kind of, like, child star. They, they just wanted to give me resources to be able to make music and explore. I just kind of, they, they just wanted me to grow into myself, and, and that's what I did. So now I make records, which is really cool.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a dream job for a lot of people, for sure. You're still pretty young, though. I mean, 24 years old, that's not that's not exactly old or anything like that. You still have, like, a, a wild Bieber phase in you, or you skip that altogether?
1: When my first record came out, I was 18, which is so lucky, because, I mean, what, Bieber, like, became worldwide famous when he was, like, 15 years old. Like, I don't even know how I would process that. I have a hard time processing it now, like, being at the moderate you know, fame—I guess you could call it—that I'm at now. Like, I can't even imagine what it would be like to be that young and have that kind of a life. So, I kind of did, but like, I got to do it in private. You know, like I did all the things, I made all the mistakes, I, I did all the things you could ever imagine a, a young teenager would do. But I just got to do it in the privacy of my own. I don't know. I, I'm very grateful for that.
0: Yeah, me so, too. I don't want to see what yeah. my 15-year-old famous self would have been. <laughs>
1: Yeah, especially when it's plastered on the cover of People Magazine. That sounds like my nightmare.
0: Scott, I know you've toured through Manitoba before, but you can't have had all that much time to stop and smell the roses and actually explore, hey?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like wake up. Sometimes, some days, you do radio press. Like, like if I have a single out, and I'm touring it, like when we do the hang-up tour. Like, I would get up at, you know, 8 a.m., go to a radio station at 9, have, like, radio press till noon, have Lawrence do radio press till, like, maybe 2, go back to the venue, <laughs> sound check, have, like, some kind of dinner, and then get ready for the show, get a little riled up, play the show. Then, you know, then by the time the show's done, it's, like, midnight or 1, try to get some sleep, and then repeat. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you still get to see places, and, like, I mean, you have days off, which is nice, but um, they're few and far between. So, yeah, I mean, it is a job. You don't really get to, like, <laughs> it's not <laughs> like you're, like, uh, you're yeah. on tour, and you can go, like, to the museum
0: but <laughs> starting to sound like the uh, radio guys like me are uh, the villain in this situation
1: <laughs> oh no i mean like <laughs> you know i to be honest with you i've been to so many of these places so many times that's a lot of the stuff and like what i really like to do is like meet people and get a sense of what the city is really about It's kind of like hang out with some local people on a patio and just, like, talk about their lives. And so I, I love going on radio because I get to meet, like, real people and real places. And
0: Cool. Well, if you ever find yourself in Steinbach, Manitoba, just look me up and we can find a patio somewhere.
1: 100%.
0: Just chatting with Scott Hellman here on Mix 96. Now, Scott, I know you've done a lot of touring over the years. Have there been any times where you had, like, weird glitches on stage or made mistakes?
1: Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Any that you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, definitely my guitar player got electrocuted in the Edmonton Mall. <laughs> so we played this show in the Edmonton Mall and it was kind of weird because it was like, who wants to play a show in a mall? It's not like a, a venue. It's not like vibey. It's like...
0: There's a fountain there's a, there's and mall- a food court yeah. next to you. <laughs> yeah,
1: And like kids running around with pretzels in their hands like screaming and stuff. So, you know, this is kind of like way back. Um, so we played this show and we went out on stage and it was just, it was just... Already really weird, and then my guitar player goes to plug in his, his uh, like a different guitar, he switches his guitar, and he got electrocuted like that scene from Almost Famous. I'll be <laughs> I was like, dude, I just remember him kind of like walked over to me mid song, he's like, Bro, I just got electrocuted, man. And I was like, This show is not going how, how it's supposed to.
0: Oh, uh, you have to have a few of those flops though to make the rest of it feel better, right?
1: You just, it's like, there's so many obstacles. Like, I've had so many. Like, we got the flu once on our last tour in St. John. Sure. And, you know, we went, like, right before the show. All of the crew just started falling off. Like, first the lighting guy was vomiting. Then, you know, my guitar player (laughs) was vomiting, and then, like, my torment, everybody started, and then I was the last to get it, and it kicked in right on the first song of the set, and I was like, holy moly, like, how am I gonna get out of this one? But that that might have been food poisoning, but... Did you finish the that show? Was, that was probably the worst... Yeah, when you finished the show, um, my guitar player was going behind the behind like the curtain every 10 minutes to go like up chuck and water and then he would come out i'll never forget he did this guitar solo on this like wooden box because he's supposed to stand up on this box and he looked like he was a zombie man like it was odd dude i wish i had that on film like i wish i could show you because it was just so it was ridiculous but then you had you know our last show of that tour was Toronto at the Danforth Music Hall with like two thousand people. Oh yeah. like the best thing. So you know what I mean? It like yeah. kinda makes it all worth it.
0: Oh totally. It sounds like your guitar player definitely gets the worst of all of these stories though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name is Callum Maudsley, and he's <laughs> my best friend. And yeah, he does he's from time to time.
0: Amazing. Over the weekend, I hear you understand that, you, or I understand that you would announce that you're going to match fans' donations in support of uh, Black Lives Matter movement up to 10 grand. That's, that's really cool. What led to that?
1: Well, initially, I, um, I just, like, really wanted to help. And, like, you know, I went to the protest here in Toronto, which was incredibly moving. And I think that this has been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. And I think that, they, that so many people felt the injustice before this all kind of percolated and, and climaxed to where it is now. But it's just like there was never this coalesce of like people that came together and it's just so amazing what's happening right now that like people that, um you know, in the past have been passive about activism or have been kind of moderate about um, especially, especially the issue of anti-black racism and police brutality come together and really support the black community and um, you know, just like kick some some, some A because I can't swear on the radio. I think it's just really inspiring and, and I just really wanted to help. So I kind of just started this thing where I was like, hey, if you guys donate, I'm going to send you a postcard. And so, yeah, if you go on, if you go to my Instagram, it's just Scott Hellman and then you go to the Black Lives Matter highlight, there's like a list of resources where you can donate to and then if you just email your receipt to solve the solvable 20, 2020 at gmail.com which is also in the highlight, I'll send you a postcard to your door that's signed um i will physically send it myself the last time i checked which was like you know four or five days ago we were at about two thousand dollars so i don't know i had a glass of wine the other night and i was like i'm gonna match these how amazing would it be for you know a 15 year old girl to know that her five bucks is going to be doubled and she can help twice as much as she thought she could so i don't know it just feels really good to help you know Yeah,
0: that's really cool. Glad to hear you're helping out like that and keeping the ball rolling. Now, one more thing before I let you go. you got a brand new single coming out, which I'm really excited for, Wait No More. Tell me about the song itself, which I've already taken a listen to, by the way. It's a great song. Also, tell me what went went into it.
1: I wrote the song quite a while ago. I mean, it was really just kind of this phrase that I would always sing as like a stand-in when I was trying to write songs. And I don't know why or where it came from, but I kind of always had that phrase in my head. And uh, I was just in a session and I was like, that phrase and it was it kind of was driving me crazy because i was like man i want to write a song i'm not seeing this lyric like i wish i could just get it out of the way so it like won't be there anymore so i can kind of come up with new ideas so i was like let's write a song called wait no more kind of selfishly just to like get it get it gone um and we wrote this really wicked music and melody and all this stuff but the lyric was about a guy not wanting to wait anymore for a girl which wasn't very like true to to me, like, I, you know, I have a girlfriend, like, that's not really my story, but I kind of just wrote this song, and it was, like, kind of just well that, and then we moved on, and then a couple months later, I went back into my demos, and I, I gave it a lift, and I was like, you know, this song is actually really, really cool and really special, but I don't think I was being honest with myself about, like, why I was singing that phrase, so I, I kind of, like, sat down, and I had to think about it, and I was like, you know, I feel like that, that sentence is really, like, about... The feeling of like never arriving or like never getting to where you want to get to, or like getting that thing that you want, right. or that constant like desire and pull to like be someone else or do something else, yeah. or you know, be in a, at a, di- a different party that's better or bigger. It's like you know, on New Year's Eve when you're like at a party and you're like, "Damn, this party's pretty cool," but like my friends are at a different party that looks <laughs> like way cooler, and it's like, well, just enjoy the party you're at, dude. Like, what are you going to do? Truck across town to get to a party that's over by the time you get there? Like, so I just feel like that feeling is like such a just central feeling of being alive. And oh, totally. Being, uh, especially a young person in these kind of times, I think it's really just like relatable, and that's how I feel about my life. So, yeah, I was like, let's rewrite this song, and I want it to be about that, which I've, I've never really done before. Usually, it's kind of like. I'm pretty clear about what I want when I'm writing a song because I'm not writing it from, like, a phrase. I'm writing it from, like, an intention. So we kind of went back and we rewrote it, and uh, and I'm glad I did because it feels way more true to me, and I, I think that it's just more beautiful the way that it is. So, well, so yeah, great. that's kind of the song, how it was made.
0: We're excited to get it here on Mix 96. It's also going to be part of, like, an album EP later this year, I understand.
1: Yeah, so I'm dropping an album can't say when yet but this year (laughs) yeah i gotcha um and it'll come out in two parts so it'll be side a and side b which will be two ets but at the end of that process they'll aggregate into an album so um that's the plan man
0: cool well that's really exciting stuff and i I understand you're also up for a a juno for hang-ups that's pretty cool you must be excited about that
1: yeah, I mean, it was kind of a bummer not being able to go, but yeah. I was up against like JB, so I don't think I would have won. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, I mean, to be honest, like the, the real joy of the Gnomes is just seeing all your friends in one place and like being able to kind of like hang. Like that's the best thing about yeah. it. Yeah. So that was kind of a bummer, and I know my my really good friend Leslie was supposed to host, and I was like texting her like, "Man, I'm so bummed that like." that was such a big thing she was going to do. And I bet they had it all ready to go. And then like, you know, one day before it's like game over, it really fell for her. So
0: yeah, totally pulled from under, under her feet. That's a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: she, she's, she's the best. I mean, she, she handled it greatly. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. Thank you so much
0: for taking time out of your day to join me here on Mix 96, Scott.
1: Thanks for having me. I really appreciate your time.